live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O. Morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, welcome back. 812, 61 degrees in the capital city. Glad to have you back with us. Well, once a month we chat with the mayor of Lincoln. She is Mayor Lyrian Gaylor-Baird, and she joins us this morning to talk about some of the things that are making news in and around the city this month. Good morning, Mayor. How are you doing today? Good morning, Jack. I'm doing really Good. well. How are you? Uh, fine. How's the uh, how's the transition in the household to you know school school year everything you know just summer to fall all of those things? Uh, how's everything going for you right now? You know, it's a little sentimental to be honest. My youngest just started high school. It feels Ooh. like a big change. Yeah. Ooh. Yep. And this fall, my other two will be out of the house at college, so it's going to be a little bit emptier. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Well, I have a. I've got once. I have nobody in elementary school anymore. Oh. Now I've got. I've got my my youngest who's in middle school now, um, which is like you know a sunrise sunset thing. But it also means yeah. my twelve year old streak of having to pick a kid up at an elementary school is over. <laughs> And I somehow went those 12 years without getting into an accident or like a a fight or anything with anyone, which I didn't know if I would do. So that's, you know, that's a good thing. I don't want to, you know, tie up any police resources on any of those things. And now we know that we won't have to. So that's, that's very definitely good. an impressive accomplishment. Thank you. I appreciate yeah. it. I mean, some of the, here's the thing, Mayor, these, these schools were designed for a time. Like when I went to, to Holmes and May Morley, I either walked or I took the bus. There wasn't right. like, there wasn't like 400 parents that were waiting to pick up every day. We walked right. or we took the bus and they were put in neighborhoods and they weren't really designed for that kind of a situation. So yeah. Have you ever seen the J street cul-de-sac near Lincoln high? Uh, n- <laughs> no, I haven't, but Don't I can imagine every single school has its own sort of folklore about the traffic situation yeah. that happens around it the modern ones are a little better but nonetheless we uh we digress hey just for, let's just start with kind of a general uh, update budget wise on on that sort of stuff where are we in the process what's what's been happening i know there's been some, some news that have been coming out about individual things within the budget and what the city council has done but just give us kind of a general overview here to start yeah. I, i've had to sum up i'd say home stretch because this budget that i proposed way back in June that's supporting public safety and health and supporting economic development and protecting our quality of life, that budget has had time to brew and the council's had time to make some adjustments. Um, We are looking for a final vote on the budget. The council is scheduled to vote on final changes and adopt the budget uh, third regular council meeting next Monday. So we're almost done. I... um... Boy, my, my eyebrows went up and not in a bad way, but when I, when we, we had reported here at KLIN about some of the, the details on the new LPD contract and, uh, mm-hmm. that would, that would, um, ha- they would have some, some raises that went into that and, and I believe making LPD, uh, the highest paid police force in, in the state that went through this when, mm-hmm. and I just, you know, I know, I know how those negotiations go. I know that's a part of it. I know sort of just all of the conversation that's ha- been had around police force. And and the funding of police forces over the couple of years, and so I saw that and I was like, mm-hmm. "Wow!" And you had a yeah. unanimous vote vote at the city council for this to happen. Um, I assume this is something that that you're behind. You're glad to hear. How did we get to a place where something like this was able to happen? That I think a lot of people across the political spectrum are probably pretty happy to see. 
Well, it was our priority. Public safety is our top priority, and we knew going into negotiations that we wanted to be competitive and to be able to attract the best talent and keep our talented law enforcement professionals. So uh, we made this an, a big priority, and uh, you know, this is a biennial budget that I've just proposed, and the increase in the first year is a higher percentage increase, uh, and, and that is in part to reflect the fact that we are making this big investment in compensation and benefits for law enforcement professionals. So, um, yeah, our city police officers are going to be the highest paid in the state. We, we value their work greatly, and we think it will help us set really continue to set high expectations for the department and drop, draw people who want to meet those high expectations. I, I, you know, there's so much conversation, Mayor, in private, public industry, all of it about um, being able to get people to do the jobs that mm-hmm. people need them to do in private industry. But there are some of them, when you're looking at the government sector, and whether it's the school districts looking at teacher or teachers or, you know, the city looking at things like police officers and other city services that are vital that you can't, you just can't go without. And, and I've always said, well, okay, the first most obvious thing to do is is if you can do it figure out a way to pay them more and and that's a part of it that step looks like it's going to be taken what else kind of goes into that analysis you know you do that that first step is important but what else goes into that analysis from a from a city perspective from a government perspective to make sure we've got people and we've got good people in these positions that we need them in city city positions Mm -hmm. Well, absolutely. Making sure they feel their value through their compensation and benefits package is is really high up. Um, And looking for ways to make working conditions better. So a lot of it's about listening and understanding the priorities of our employees through union negotiations, but also throughout the course of our operations on a day-to-day basis and um, making sure that um, they have the resources they need to stay safe while they keep others safe. That's also been a factor, trying to make sure that, um, that they have the resources and equipment. So, you know, we're continuing to invest in our fleet, invest in um, protective equipment. And that's true not just in police, but also with LFR. You know, we're making big investments in in our, our fleet there and in trying to improve the facilities and the living conditions for the firefighters and paramedics who, who sign up for a big job and then come actually live in city facilities part of the week. And, and, and how much does a, a step like this impact and i'm i'm not saying that there was any sort of terrible relationship between city leadership and police or you know a perfect one in any of it but what kind of a step does this make in sort of working together and and having a bit of a fig leaf in in this situation and say hey we you know we realize this is an issue uh, what does that portend sort of for this this relationship that can be let's face it in in some communities and you can't be ignorant of everything that's happened over the last 3 years uh, how how do you think that helps kind of going forward in that in that relationship well I think it's a, a real acknowledgement of what a difficult and hard job they have and the risk that they take every time they suit up and go to work uh, so I think just acknowledging that risk acknowledging the unique service they provide to the community is really important for just having uh, foundationally a good relationship and a, and a good culture over at LPD and throughout the city organization yeah I mean, it's the literal opposite of defund the police, right? I mean, it, for sure, that it, was never our approach. Yeah, 
It's yeah. and, and that's interesting. It just yeah. So much. I mean, of, our our public wants to have a high quality law enforcement team, and to get high quality, you invest. You invest in the salaries and the benefits, so you can attract good people. You invest in the working conditions and the resources they have available to them, and to their training, and to a commitment to transparency, which mm-hmm. also costs money. As you try to make sure that people understand the way the department works, so that involves human resources, that involves technology. So uh, we we understand that to pursue excellence, we need to invest. Um, a couple other things making news have to do with some grants uh, that the city is going to have um, at various places at their disposal. Uh, um, let, let's start. I want to start with this uh, uh, multimodal transit center. Uh, tell me a little bit about the grant and how something like this happens and, and why Lincoln got it and how they went through the process yes. of being able to get it. This is such good news. It's such big news. This is one of the largest competitive grant awards in our city's history. Uh, We have been seeking funds to build out this transportation center so that we can improve the StarTran public transit experience in our community, both for riders and our workers and our drivers. Uh, This is going to help us connect more people to their jobs and get them to school more efficiently, um, connect them to services like people who use the bus to get to doctor's appointments or go to the grocery store. And um, it's also going to help us advance some of our greenhouse gas emissions reduction goals. So there's a lot of public value in investing in a center like this, but it's expensive. And so our federal partners have finally, um, you know, been convinced that we are worthy of this investment. We're so pleased. Our team has worked hard to make the case. Uh, We've got a new location for this center and a plan that will help not only, you know, advance public transit, but also make it easier for people to take advantage of other modes of transportation as they head to work. So we'll we'll be connecting. And that's that's what I want to ask you. I know. there you go. That's that's kind of gets the question I was asking. I mean, call it multimodal. This is, I mean, this is largely though about in, impacting the um, the Star Train essentially the bus system, right? And mm-hmm. and the efficiency and the convenience and those sorts of things. Is that is that is that generally correct? Right. This will right? provide a lot more space for our our fleet um, and will help you know facilitate the greening of our fleet. We'll have charging stations as we continue to invest in electric buses. And it'll also have an indoor transit center, so people who are waiting for the bus can actually go inside and have a comfortable space, have access to restrooms, restrooms for our drivers, which we do not have today. I mean, there are a lot of real basic needs we are addressing with this transit center, but it'll also make it easier for people to to come downtown, um, get to work. They can hop off the bus and, and, you know, walk to work. They can hop off the bus and catch a bike and bike to work. It's going to present more options to the traveling public. And, uh, you know, it helps us facilitate the redevelopment of the Golds Building where we have some, you know, some pretty minimal, like barely adequate, you know, facilities to support public transit. Yeah, I've heard, I mean, you've heard a lot of stories about how that isn't a great situation there now. Mm -hmm. So that's part of the alleviation, right? Yep, we absolutely want to change. We want the rider experience to be great and this will help us get there. All right, uh, and then I want to ask about these tourism grants, um, and I talked to Jeff Mall about these on on uh, on Friday. I actually talked a little bit to Jason Ball about them as well. But uh, a handful of of organizations here uh, that are geared toward tourism in the city of Lincoln, and you're uh, you know getting varying values all the way up to multiple hundreds of thousands of dollars. Just again, tell us a little bit about how how this happened and uh, what you think the impact might be able to be here when it comes to tourism. Yeah, well, again, I want to just really 
express some gratitude to our federal partners. These, these funds came to us from the American Rescue Plan. They had a direct allocations to city and county, and we, as a city and county, teamed up to try to make sure we could get these dollars out efficiently and equitably and effectively. And so together we worked to allocate nearly $5 million, and we awarded those grants to 15 area nonprofit tourism organizations because we were really, really looking to try to support organizations, you know, like our museums, um, like the the folks who run events um, and support our youth sports, uh, like the zoo, like the Children's Museum, um, like the Museum of Speed, things that make life better for people who live here and help us draw people into our community. They've been impacted. We want to make sure that we help them recover. That's good. Yeah. And and I I think, again, something that there can be a whole lot of unity on is the more that we can um, we can increase that, bring people into the community. It, it mm-hmm. serves everybody in a whole lot of ways from, from financial to, to otherwise, um, just exposure and all of that as well. So, yeah. uh, hopefully that'll be something that, that these places can do a lot with. It sounds like a decent amount of money. So, uh, yeah. I think, I think a lot of these places should be able to really benefit from it. Yep. And when people come into town to go to the Children's Museum or to go, uh, you know, to ke- to come in and play in a tournament, like they typically then spend money in our restaurants and shop in our shops. So this does have that ripple effect of helping our economic recovery. Very nice. Uh, I, I, my idea for the phase two of the multimodal, you'll probably spend up all the money first. But like, how about like a gondola type ride, uh, air air tra- air tran type thing from the modal, multimodal center? Maybe one to the arena, one to Memorial Stadium. Um, or maybe a zipline? I don't know. One to the hair. A zipline. There you go. You yeah. get a sponsor on it, you'll be fine. At that point. <laughs> We've got to think outside the box I, when we listen, say multimodal. I've got, I appreciate that creativity. I have got all of these ideas, and no one ever calls me for it, so I just say I'm on the radio to you directly. Uh, good to talk to you, Mayor. I appreciate it. We'll check again again in September, and uh, have a good day, all right? Oh, thanks so much, Jack. Great to be with good. you. Mayor Lirian Gaylor Barrett at 825. We'll take a break. Selling K today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. Before you hit that drive time, stay alert with Nitro Cold Brew Coffee from Broken Rail Beverage Company. This is 1,499.3 KLIN.